Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to episode 51 of Real Life Ghost Stories. How you doing? To kick things off this week, we need to say thank you to our gorgeous Patreon subscribers. Are you ready? I am ready. I hope you're ready because that first one's... I know. Oh, dear Lord. <laughs> we would like to thank Adrienne... Skurz... Skurzpet? Skurzpet. 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 I'm going to say Skurzpet. Skurz... Anyway, let's yeah. continue. All right, Emily Kingins. Charlotte Monroe. Jessamy. Bon Napton. Bob. It should be Bob. Bob Napton. <laughs> Kirsten Thompson. Chelsea Bernatovich. Nice. Bernatovitz. Yeah. Oh, well, I tried. Sally Nolan. Miranda Willis. James Lindley. Paula Fritchman. Erin Dance. Super Junior. Ashita Maduri. Michael Reed. Ian McTaggart. Ian Harrison. Ashley Heeman. Melissa Lemke. And Carly Gander. You know, every time I do this, I, I always say, right, I need to um, put some sort of like phonetic pronunciation of these names next to them. Because I think we're butchering them more and more as we go along. Yeah. So I'm really sorry if I butchered your name, as always. I think Vanatovich is, is the right... Vanatovich... Um, maybe not, actually. Yeah, you see, I don't know. So we've got a promo to kick us off this week. Oh, have we? Yes, we do. Oh, we, haven't, we haven't done a promo in quite some time. And this promo is for Nightgeist Podcast. Ooh. And Nightgeist Podcast is made up of Erica and Liana, who are two lovely ladies who do a, not necessarily a paranormal podcast, because they talk about true crime. They talk about just weird stuff that's happened. But they also talk about like hauntings, cryptids, UFOs, all that kind of thing. So if you are hankering for some true crime in particular, because we don't do true crime, by all means, go and listen to Night Guys podcast. And I'm going to drop their little promo in now. And let's hope it's not silence. Do you find yourself quoting horror movies to friends or starting conversations with strangers about haunted mirrors? You do? Then look no further than the Nightgeist podcast. Grab a beverage and join us weekly as we discuss all things paranormal, strange, and murdery together. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere else podcasts are heard. Also, you may check out our website, nightgeistpod.com, and find us on all social media apps. Just search for Nightgeist Podcast. We've been waiting for you. If you heard that, you need to go and listen to Nightgeist Podcast. Tell them we sent you. They are gorgeous. They are lovely. And I've been communicating with them for quite a while. And they're just really lovely people. So please go and listen to them. Our film review this week. Dun, dun, dun. Are you ready? Yes. Our film review is The Blair Witch Project. The Blair Witch Project was released in 1999. It has 6.5 out of 10 on IMDb. 
and 87% on Rotten Tomatoes. Would you like a synopsis? I'd love a synopsis. I also love the way you say project as well. Well, How do I say it? Project. (laughs) Yeah, it's very cool. Found video footage tells the tale of three film students who've travelled to a small town to collect documentary footage about the Blair Witch, a legendary local murderer. Over the course of several days, the students interview townspeople and gather clues to support the tale's veracity. But the project takes a frightening turn when the students lose their way in the woods and begin hearing horrific noises. So what were your thoughts on this film? An absolute horror classic. I think it's okay. Interesting. Uh, it's, it is. I like it. I'd put it up there when people were talking about horror movies just because I think it's really important in the history of everything. Not everything. That's a bit. That's a bit extreme, really. I mean, there's, in there the are other books, things. There are other in, things in history. And in 1999, really fuck everything else that happened. <laughs> the Blair Witch Project was released. I think this was really one of the one of the not the first, but one of the first um, successful attempts at viral marketing, sort of online viral marketing. And actually, for the documentary that preceded it, and the website that they set up to sort of subliminally advertise it. And the fact that they pitched it as a sort of legit found footage thing. You've got to give them kudos for that because they were the first people to do it properly, I think. I remember because I was like 10 when The Blair Witch came out. And I remember, like obviously I wasn't allowed to go and see it. And good thing too, because I probably never would have slept again. I remember like the conversation around it. And my, my sister being like, um, did you know it's actually real? Like it's a real story. And I was like, oh my fucking God. That was enough for 10 year old me. Even knowing <laughs> that this thing was real. Didn't know what it was about. But I was like, right, there's a witch that's all I need to know and it's real and fuck that shit. Yeah. And it does, I I mean, it's the first sort of proper introduction to found footage. There's so much about it that is like legendary for what it did. However, on execution and watching it back, it's not that good because it's essentially a story about people lost in a forest. There's a lot of shouting. A lot of shouting. In this film. I agree. But I think people love it because of the nostalgia of it. Because it was, I think it was, like you said, it was the first maybe successful found footage film that was like, uh, like it was amazing at the time. Like it was genius at the time, I would imagine. And it kind of paved the way for other paranormal found footage films. But actually watching it back as an adult, I was like, oh, this actually isn't that scary. And it's very shouty. It's very shouty. And I think actually, this is going to come across really sacrilegious, but I might not mean it just how I say it. The newer one does scary better. I agree. The newer um, one terrified me. Yeah. We might do a review on that next yeah. week. I feel like that one does does the scary side of things better. But I think for what Blair Witch tried to achieve, you have to give it credit. And it achieved and it at the time. the majority of my score will be based on what, what it did rather than the actual quality of the film. Very little actually happens in the Blair Witch Project except for them fighting with each other and kind of losing their minds a little bit and being very angry with each other. But like I said, there is a huge amount of shouting. Like it does get a bit unbearable. The constant arguing and shouting and I you know when I put it up on Instagram and Facebook that this was our film review this week there was so much conversation about people being really sick watching it like because of the found footage shaky camera that people had to like leave the cinema somebody said that they when they went to see in the cinema there was an announcement at the beginning where it was like if you get motion sickness please sit on the aisles in case you need to leave and that that is like I I imagine that was an unprecedented side effect for the directors that when this came out they were like oh my god shit our film is actually making people physically sick i don't get that with found footage i know you do you don't like it found i don't i'm, I'm not a fan of found footage films i mean this one i i tolerate because i think it was like it's revolutionary it's like a ways. genesis for found yeah. footage films isn't it but i just i just i'd rather watch something 
that wasn't trying to convince me it was real or more of a documentary style rather than all handheld footage because I can't I just can't deal with the handheld stuff it doesn't it doesn't do anything motion sickness for me I just don't like it I don't find it particularly appealing to watch I think what's interesting is then you know like paranormal activity obviously was yeah. was I would argue the next big found footage yeah. film and all of that was filmed on a tripod on statics because it's is, all household security yeah, which is much better which like, is much better anyway. and I agree because it just gets like Blair Witch just gets a little bit oh, a little bit unbearable and not in the scary way but what they did they did really well the subtlety of the horror in Blair Witch is very very clever yeah like the noises in the distance at one point they hear children while they're in the tent and they all start freaking out but you really have to strain to hear it as a viewer it's very very subtle obviously spoiler you never actually see the Blair Witch which is really powerful I think because yeah. most of that film is left up to your imagination about what's going on because you know even when they are freaked out it's just noises darkness them panicking them then running frantically through the forest is it actually that good as a horror film nowadays no i don't think so i think it was one of those ones you had to see in the moment like i think it was if you'd bought into it so if you've been following a story like of the website and you caught the documentary and you've seen it all like that and then you watched it it was a big deal and, and it's just it's got to that point now where it's just in law rather than it's actually being impactful anymore there was um article i think it was a vice article maybe about the the actors in the blair witch project and people because they use their real names obviously it was portrayed as this found footage documentary people actually thought they had legitimately gone missing in real life and their lives for the next like 10 years were plagued with people who believed that the blair witch project was a documentary and either they had found these people or that these people were actually missing in real life because they use their real names and everything. Yeah, so Matt, which is interesting. Matt Toppin was talking to me about this film on for Instagram, and he said to me that the lead actress actually used the Blair Witch footage as an audition film for the longest time, which might suggest why she's not been in so many things. Yeah, because she's not actually very good. <laughs> well, There's... I thought I recognised her from something, and then I scroll through IMDb, and I was like, no, I've not seen her in anything, and it's because she has one guest appearance in uh, Always Sunny, or she's in a couple of episodes of Always Sunny. Oh, is she? Yeah, and I think that's where I, I recognised her from. But That scene, though, that really famous scene where she's, like, sobbing, and there's snot, like, dripping down her face just made me feel sick i just couldn't i couldn't manage it and there's also a scene which really annoyed me where they're getting really annoyed with her because she's doing that classic thing in in horror films where she insists on continuing to film even when everything's gone tits up and she just starts sobbing very unconvincingly and goes but filming is all i have left and I'm like, you've been missing for like three days. Like you're not, it hasn't been fucking months living in the wilderness. Okay. You've been missing for a couple of days. I, I think that, I think they go from zero to hysteria very, very quickly in this film without there being really legitimate reason for them to be as, as, as hysterical as they are. See, in my head, I had the subplot where there's a, an alternative camera view where it's filmed from a drone, which obviously didn't really exist in, at this point in time. And uh, the group are actually continually circling the car the whole time they lost and that just made it quite amusing to me i think it's good for what it is but it doesn't really hold up much anymore i agree so what would you give it out of oh you're gonna sneeze oh no it's gone what would you give it out of five uh a three Uh, but that's not for the film i think it was just on on watching the film without context i think it'd probably be a one i i'm gonna be a bit rogue here and i'm going to give it a four because for me it was a quintessential horror film for me in my teenage years and it was that film that I was like oh my god this is the scariest thing I've ever seen and that four for me comes from just the nostalgia of it 
like watching it now it's not actually that good anymore it's kind of airing on a little bit comical at times but for the nostalgia of it i'm giving it a four i think it's uh it's really good at showing how easy it is to get lost in the woods and also you know how there's often two films about the same subject that come out at the same time yeah there was there's another film of around the same era that was the one that got lost in the wayside called uh, Jersey Devil, which is trying to do the same thing, and it's it's worse if, that, if that's possible. Is it really? So if you can, I've never heard of that. Yeah, because it just it just went straight to DVD because it, it it just missed the timing, so it was filming yeah. around the same time, and it came out later than the Blair Witch. So everybody just put it off as the Blair Witch, and it just went straight to DVD or VHS at that point, I guess. But it's not worth watching if you happen to come across it. But Blair Witch Project, I would argue, is worth watching. Yeah, no, I think you need. If you to, haven't think... seen it watch it and if you have seen it watch it again for the nostalgia and if you're setting yourself up to be a bit of a connoisseur of horror movies it's one of the ones that you need to have saying you need to have try that again (laughs) it's one of the films that you need to have seen i think to be able to actually adequately call yourself a connoisseur of horror oh i think that's very pretentious just watch it if you want to watch it our stories this week many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out my solution is plush care plush care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey they can prescribe fda approved weight loss medications like wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify plus they accept most insurance plans to get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We've got three stories this week and they were next in the chronology. And the three of them were very short, but scared the living bejesus out of me. Is that scaring you? I've got no hope, have I? Yeah, I was really really quite alarmed by all three stories for very different reasons. So, <laughs> oh man, here we go. <laughs> Are you ready for story number one? College football, we can record later, it's fine. <laughs> story number one comes from Katie. When I was a child, I was fortunate enough to grow up in a beautiful, large, old Victorian house in southwest London, the kind of house with creaky pipes and pull chain flush toilet cisterns. A few minor spooky things mm. happened in this house that have always unnerved me. It was the kind of house with old antique furniture that had its own history longer than the length of all of our lives put together. There was an antique vanity desk with a three-panelled mirror on top of it, the kind you could use to see almost the back of your head if you turned them, that resided in my Nana's bedroom, complete with old crystal jewellery organisers and innumerable perfume bottles. This vanity desk was sworn by my Nana's grandmother that if you stared too long into it, you would see the devil. She would warn her grandchildren never to stare too long into it. I could never bring myself to look too long in this mirror, but I remember it always gave me the shivers whenever I went near it. There was one dark winter night when my nana suddenly awoke in the middle of the night and startled the rest of us awake with her yelping. We all knew she was always quite the drama queen, so half-arsed we got up to see what the fuss was about. All I remember is her stumbling out of her bedroom terrified, with her eyes filled with tears, 
and just repeating that there was a woman at the foot of her bed in a long white dress and long white hair just staring at her and that she didn't want to go back in there to sleep. My dad went first, turning the light on and walking into the room. We followed half excited but also hoping not to see anything and we were disappointed not to see a thing. The room was totally normal but I remember getting a shiver from walking past the vanity desk on the way out. A few weeks later I was playing with my neighbour Julia. We were about six years old at the time and we were all downstairs in my house. My dad was out at work and my mum and my nana were in the kitchen. There was a small toilet under our big staircase and another toilet upstairs at the back end of the house. Julie gets up to go downstairs to the toilet but she comes into the kitchen to my mum after opening and closing the downstairs toilet door. She asks my mum, where's the other toilet? My mum answers knowing there's no one else in the house. Why don't you just use the one under the stairs darling? Julie replies, I can't use that one because there's a lady in there. My mum looks at my nana in disbelief and directs the child upstairs to the other toilet. When she checks the downstairs toilet, there's nobody there. So that was story number one, featuring your favourite, mirrors. Yes, see, I told you. I feel like ever since I've said that about mirrors, you've just laughed it off as something, you laughed it off as something at the time, but actually, we've seen proof. We just see more and more proof that mirrors are evil. I'm going to pause you there for a second because um, I'm unsure as to how (laughs) this mirror is proof of something. Because uh, Grandma said not to look in it because you'd see the devil. And then when she had her experience, nobody saw anything. But when the little girl walked past the mirror, she got chills. That's clearly evidence. (laughs) Sorry, I am sold, Zach Bagans. I am sold. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. But it's another one of them stories, isn't it? When a little child sees something and just is totally normal about it. Like she's just like, oh, there's a lady in the toilet and she's been a nice, polite child. Doesn't want to disturb the lady, the guest. So asks if there's another toilet to use. Yeah, but... It, and like, it's just that normality of it that makes it really scary. Makes it really alarming because the child obviously knows no different. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, I obviously can't use that toilet because there's a woman in there. Yeah, mommy must have a friend over. Yeah, that is <laughs> horrific. <laughs> Absolutely. The grandma horrific. being woken up by a lady in white as well. I love the fact that she describes her grandmother as a drama queen. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> that is a mood. <laughs> but still, it's all it all stems from that mirror. I bet the mirror upstairs in the vanity desk is a mirror is a portal to the mirror downstairs in the toilet. Oh, that'd be really handy though. Wouldn't it? <laughs> well, that would actually I was alarmed, but that but now I'm I'm feeling it. You just step through the vanity desk into and then you just come out in the toilet. You wouldn't oh, have to go down the stairs and be sorted. That'd be amazing. Also it would be quite awkward if you happened to do it when someone else was in there. Yes, accidentally. You're just like, Whoop, sorry. <laughs> but you own the only way you could get in and out of the mirror was to crawl like the girl from yeah. the ring. Oh no no. It'd <laughs> no, no, be no, really no. disturbing for people if they were happened to be in the toilet. No. Are you ready for another story? Hi. Yeah, I'm hoping that was the most scary one actually, and then we'll, everything else will be right. I mean, no. But anyway, story number two is Georgia's story. When I was about 13 years old, I went on a school trip to Munich in Germany. Me, one of my friends, and three other girls were all going to stay in a house owned by a German family a mother, a father, a teenage son, and a German shepherd dog. We slept in the cellar, which had been renovated to accommodate guests. There were two bedrooms. The smallest one had two beds and was nothing special. The second room was much larger, had three mattresses on the floor, a ping pong table, a door 
to a sauna room in the corner and last but not least a large punching bag hanging from the corner of the ceiling by a large chain. This was the room that I was staying in. The first night we arrived we played ping pong and tried punching the punching bag. It was almost impossible to make the bag move because it was so heavy. So we ignored it and spent the rest of the evening singing and playing ping pong. After dinner we went to bed and fell asleep on our mattresses on the floor. I woke up later in the night to the sound of thumping and clanking. Is that the punching bag? My friend whispered. Yes, I whispered back, feeling scared. At this point, the three of us were awake. The sound of clanking got louder and louder as the punching bag rose in the air and fell repeatedly and then started to swing and hit the ceiling. We were all frozen in fear. Then my friend started to scream and pointed at the corner of the room, the same corner as the punching bag, and there we saw it a black figure standing in the corner. The figure was extremely black, blacker than the dark room. It was humanoid in shape, with its body in the corner and had long, thin limbs. The arms were outstretched along the walls. It was terrifying. We screamed and ran out of the room. We went upstairs where the German family were in the lounge and told them about what had happened. They then started to argue amongst themselves in German, as if this was something that had happened before. The father and son then went downstairs and unhooked the punching bag from the ceiling. The following two nights we spent in the floor of the smaller room. When I tried to talk to my friend about what had happened, she said she never wanted to talk about it ever again. Oh dear God. Not good. I don't like the way that that story describes the figure being blacker than the darkness. Like how words, dark is that? Like The word humanoid really freaks me out as well, and I don't know why. <laughs> like, it really alarms me. It's just, I guess it's just the grammatically correct way of saying it looks like a human. Human-like, words, I know, I know, I know. But the word humanoid really freaks me out, and I don't know why. It's because it's got alien connotations. Potentially, yeah. yes. But yeah, blacker than darkness yes. is mental. Like, how... how I, my brain can't even imagine how black that is. We know, like, so there was one part of the one of the horror mazes yesterday where it got really dark all of a sudden. You couldn't see where you were going. Do you remember? Imagine it being that dark and still being able to see something darker. Uh, that's really like, that's it's, so it's, creepy. It's like blowing my mind. So creepy. But would you think that the the black figure was the one that was using the punch bag? Why are you laughing? <laughs> what do you mean? using the punch bag well, something was using the punch bag wasn't it because there's was a thud and the clanking I don't I, <laughs> I don't think that demon looking thing was like you know practicing its one twos C- come on All it right. was making the punch bag move it, do- <laughs> it wasn't like fighting like sparring but maybe there was another ghost down there at the same time <laughs> like the ghost of a boxer that was doing a bit of a ghostly warm up or something <laughs> why are you like I don't know why this is so funny I was just so serious I don't think, I don't think on a scale of one to demon, that to be as demon as possible, you'd be punching a punch bag. How do you know? Well, listen, that's a fair point. How do I know? I've How seen do Satan in, in South Park and he is jacked. Dan is currently watching <laughs> Binge in South Park at the moment, so <laughs> South Park references from here on in. So. <laughs> no, but I just wondered if like maybe there was a, like a ghost boxer doing his workout and then he finished just as the girls sort of woke up and then they actually saw the other thing that was being a bit creepy. Watching. How bloody strong is this ghost boxer if he's making the fucking punching bag he's hit a boxer. the ceiling? Making the punch bag hit the ceiling. Right. I'm annoyed with the German family. Why? Because I feel like they knew there were all these ghosts down in the cellar. Yeah, you know, there's like a, a demon reaction. and a boxer and whatever, whatever. 
Because the weird reactions have kids come up really scared and not just go, ah, you're just being silly. Ah, it's Let's fine. turn the lights on, have a look, blah, blah, blah. Nope, they have an argument about it and then they go and move the punch bag. Yeah, and might, like if those kids can understand German, like in the argument, it's like, oh, fuck's sake, Klaus. <laughs> what did I tell you about getting an exorcist and you just didn't fucking listen? And here we are. Look, you've you frightened these children. Well done, Klaus. <laughs> but imagine if they, that's why they put the punch bag down there. To like tire out the ghosts like they do with naughty children. Yeah, but if like, you imagine- get them into boxing, that'll <laughs> yeah, cure them. Yeah. <laughs> they tried an exorcist and it didn't work. And the exorcist was like, "Do you know what is really good for excess energy? Boxing classes." <laughs> <laughs> and it just stopped the demon going around punching holes in the walls around the house, <laughs> or punching you when you go down to do the yeah. washing. You just get like upended onto the floor, and you're like. <laughs> Oh, Jesus Christ, not again. How many times do I need to tell you? Sorry. Right. I digress. Yes. Uh, you, do you want Do you want one more story? I, that's just, I don't, I just want to briefly go back to go the, the two things that make this story really creepy because it is creepy and we've joked about it, but that's out of nervousness in my case anyway, is that that, that character is darker than dark. Yeah. And horrific. That the family just didn't try and calm them down. Yeah, no, why would you Why would you not go, oh, kids, like, ah, don't be silly. You know, it's just your imagination. But you've I feel eaten, like... You've eaten loads of sweets, you've played too much ping pong, go back to bed. The only time you don't do that is if it's actually a problem. Even if there is actually a problem, though, and it's a demon and a boxing ghost, you're you're still going to pretend like it isn't happening if you've got children Unless in it's midst. a serious threat. That's what I mean. Like, if you think about the times where your parents didn't react in that way, it was normally a serious thing. Well, it wasn't mine, anyway. <laughs> How many demons have you experienced? No, but I mean, life? like in, in general, like if you, I think, like um, no, I get what you mean. Like your parents, the only time your parents respond in a negative way to stuff like that yeah. is when they're like, "Oh shit, this is actually something really serious." Like, oh, there's that creepy man from down the street, and like, oh yeah, just that's that's Clive. He's just a weirdo. It's fine. But then you're like, "What about that man standing over there?" And then, all right, right, come in. That's get it. inside. Get inside. That kind Again, of reaction. how many creepy men lived in your street? <laughs> Actually, there were no creepy men in my street. I was just trying to think of an example, but that's the, that's the kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? It's that extreme reaction is when there's actually a threat. Do you know what? Do you know what they say though? If, if you think, God, there were no creepy men in my street, you know what that means? They were all creepy men. You are that creepy man. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. All right, one more story. You ready? Okay. This is Sierra's story, and this story fucked me up. So thank you, Sierra. What's it getting worse? Uh, yeah, this is mm. this is an interesting one. You ready? No. Nope. It began when I was 17. Playful glimpses at first, then uncomfortable, and eventually unsettling. Young children... No. <laughs> no, 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 no. No. We're not doing this. I don't want to know about young children. That's enough. <laughs> Creepy, that, that scary rest of that sentence things. could be, young children came to my house to play with puppies and kittens. You don't know. Can I at least finish the sentence? Okay. Young children, a boy and a girl, no older than seven. They were dressed in 1800s garb. Oh yeah, just knocking around in 1800s garbs, those children. And while mischievous in the beginning, they had a grey, cold complexion and dark circles around their eyes. They never spoke either. At first I would see them peeking at me with smiles on their faces from around corners and doorways. Then they would disappear once they got my attention. It happened about once or twice a week for the first three weeks and then more frequent over a few months. The sightings began to also last longer, lasting up to a whole minute sometimes. What also changed was their demeanour. They went from playfully peeking from corners to standing side by side without expression. 
At the time, I worked as a caregiver in a large church day care centre, which had many halls and a gym. One end of the church was the child development centre, the middle was the sanctuary, and the northern side was the gym with racquetball courts and a track upstairs. Also upstairs in that area were classrooms. The upstairs was never occupied during the week, so the few corridors and balcony room overlooking the racquetball courts were dark and quiet. I'd sometimes see them in the darkness, in the empty classrooms, blankly staring at me as I walked past. Guys, guys, guys. I saw them mostly at work, as it's where I spent the majority of my time. At home, I'd see them standing in the darkened hallway or sitting on the couch in the living room on my way to rooms on the other side of the house. If I was driving, I'd see them standing on the side of the road and once right in the middle. I had dreams of them, but never any different from what I was experiencing while awake. They sometimes got closer to me, but never too close. I tried asking who they were, what they wanted, but to no avail. They never spoke. Every now and then they responded by pointing or looking in the direction of nothing that I could see. One time I saw the boy in the middle of the road and the girl looking on from the side. At night, while I was with my cousin. We were talking and right as I glanced over at her in the passenger seat, she screamed at me to watch out. I swerved, but I hit him. Jen screamed. Did you see him? Did you see that little boy? Looking behind us, there was nothing there. I told her about what was going on and she began to see them too, but only when she was around me. They frightened her. And she was worried for me. My most frightening experience was an early evening that I was particularly tired and home alone. I fell asleep while watching TV and began having an incredibly vivid dream or out-of-body experience. In my dream, I was watching myself sleep from above, but I had this horrible, nagging anxiety. After a few minutes... I felt as though I was back within myself, even though I was still asleep. I was aware. Still feeling that dread, I started to physically feel someone stroking my hair. Terrified, I opened my eyes and slowly raised my head to catch sight of who was touching me. And it was the boy. I freaked and jumped up, and he quickly crouched down next to the bed. But as I inched to look over the edge of the bed, there was nothing there. They had never gotten so close to me. They never touched me. And I was so terrified. That night I called my grandmother. The Kurandera. And told her what had happened. She told me that when I saw them I must demand to know who they are. What they want. And if no response. Demand they leave me alone. All in the name of God. The day came and I did just that. No audible response other than pointing. I went to my grandfather on the other side of my family and he advised that I should never speak to anything or anyone who presented themselves like them, dead looking, or presented themselves as shadows. That frightened me even more. The last time I called my mom at a loss of what to do. She said she was set to visit with a medium and she would ask for advice on my behalf. She called the next day to say that she had just gotten a call from the medium telling her that she had taken care of it. She told her that I should never see them again, and I was not to ask her about them ever again, that this was just the end of it. To this day, I have never seen them again. The words of the medium have nagged me ever since. I think maybe because I never got any answers. They were with me for months and I never found out a single thing about them. Were they even human spirits? 
or were they something else, something sinister? If she said to never ask or talk about them to her again, then it couldn't have been good, right? No, no, it's never good. You're seeing ghostly kids. That is not a good thing, whether, regardless of whether they're trying to take your souls or whether they're just hanging out because they haven't got anybody to play with. It's not a good thing. You've got ghost kids following you around. Well, you've had ghost kids following you around. I don't know if, if I'm just being ridiculous, but I sort of can't handle them peeping around corners no. more so than not being able to handle them just kind of stood there like I I would be running those little motherfuckers over yeah like every time I saw them I'd be like rev up bitches I'm taking you down yeah what's a uh, code oh curandera yeah. I'd actually look that up because I didn't know either curandera is like a spiritual healer so her grandmother was obviously like a spiritual healer yeah and I love that she got such opposing advice from everybody yeah grandmother like was like three different ask things. them who the fuck they are what they want where they came from granddad is like don't even talk to them and the medium's like don't worry about it I've sorted it who is this medium <laughs> Yeah, and what, what what were they? Like, were they trying to take her? Because we always have stories where, like, ghosts or whatever you want to call them seem to kind of exist separate to our world where yeah. they don't they don't really seem to be aware of, like, the people that they're accidentally haunting or whatever. Mm. But these kids were aware of her. They yeah. followed her everywhere. Yeah. They followed her to fucking work. Yeah. Like, they, they were there when oh, she was driving around. That bit where she says this, like, she's walking through and she sees them in the empty classrooms. <laughs> I, I actually genuinely would set the place on fire. And then a friend sees him as well. Like that. See, when I first got oh. this story, like I did for the, like when I was reading through it, I was like, oh, it kind of sounds like you were just having like an ongoing hallucination, which is quite disturbing. And then she got to the bit where her friend could see them too. And I was like, no, just fucking freaky ghost kids. We're cool. We're back on track. To the point where a friend thought they were going to run over a kid. Like that's yeah. how real they looked. Yeah. So the question is, were they humans? Or were they dancers? Oh, damn it. You stole my punchline. You... <laughs> yeah, no, but in seriousness, were they humans or were they something else? Like, what? They sound incredibly powerful mm. if they're able to knock around following her around. And what was their end game other than just to wind her up? Maybe that's what they were. <laughs> just like, oh, we're going to be absolute annoyances in this girl's life for a couple of months. Gas. Maybe they've failed poltergeists and they like, they've been trying to like annoy people by throwing stuff around, but just nobody was paying any attention to them. So they're like, right. We're going to try a different What's approach. What's freaky? Kids from the 1800s. Yep. Let's go. Just for context. Don't do anything. Just stand there. The thumbnail of this episode is the picture that Sierra sent me for oh. reference. So she sent me a picture of like two kids from the 1800s and she was like, this is the type of clothes they were wearing. Nope. So have I'm a look at the thumbnail, so thumbnail happy, to freak yourself out. So happy I listened back on Apple Podcasts because I don't get that thumbnail. I'll just get a logo. It's, it's cool. I'll just show it to you in a few minutes. You don't need to. It's okay. I know I will, yeah. I'm good. I feel like it's necessary for your development as a podcaster to see that picture. <laughs> no, I'm good. So would you like some reviews to make it a little bit easier? I'd like a change of pace, that'd be good. Okay, so we've got three new reviews. The first one comes from Nelstar75, which is entitled Very Entertaining. I was looking for a ghostly kind of podcast and made my way to these guys. It's a great show, which gives you shivers but also makes you laugh. I can't wait to listen to them all. Thanks for keeping me company on the drive to and from work every day. And that comes from Danelle C. Danelle, it's our absolute pleasure to be able to do that. Thank you, Danelle. We love you. And our second review is entitled Captivated and it comes from Miss CJ85. I was looking for a podcast and wanted something along the lines of friends telling me a chilling tale of something that had happened to them, where all other podcasts talk too much about nonsense and personal jokes in voices that are so monotone, never getting to the ghost story. Emma's voice hits the spot. Dan is also so funny and I love hearing his two cents. I was hooked with the very first podcast because you know everyone will have a story worth listening to. So, 
Miss CJ85, I really appreciate your review and I love you. And I'm sorry that another podcast hurt you. <laughs> but we're very pleased that we fill with tick the boxes for you and that you enjoy us. And our last review is entitled Awesome. And it comes from In- Incubus Incubus Tim. I'm so, getting better at this. Find I can't read the Patreon names for fuck's sake. <laughs> awesome podcast. Only thing that bums me out is I binge listened and caught up. Now I don't have any good ghost podcasts to listen to. P.S. Bray Wyatt is awesome, Dan. All you got to do is... Let me in. Yay! Yay! For those of you not in the know, Bray Wyatt is a wrestler. Oh, I wonder what you're going to say there. I was going to say he's a listener and I was like, wait, Bray Wyatt, maybe he does listen. listen. Bray Wyatt, if you're listening, I don't don't know what the end of that sentence is going to be. Just say hi. So if you enjoyed this week's episode, there is a couple of things that you can do for us. If you go onto Facebook and find Real Life Ghost Stories Facebook page, give it a like, drop us a little review and join our super secret Facebook group, which is RLGS Supergroup. The question is, who are the hosts of Real Life Ghost Stories? And it is me, Emma. And me, Dan. And that is who we are. And me, Dan. (laughs) That's really enthusiastic. It was really enthusiastic. You can find us on Instagram. I'm on Instagram at Real Life Ghost Stories. Dan is on Instagram... At 50p movie club. You can find us on Twitter. At Real Ghost Pod. And if you want to send us in your story, most importantly, you can send it to real life ghost stories podcast at gmail.com. And we are slowly but surely working our way through those damn stories. And they're amazing. And thank you so much. And finally, if you wish to support us, you can do so for $5 a month on our Patreon page, which is patreon.com forward slash real life ghost stories, where for $5 a month, you get access to an extra spooky episode a week. And for $2 a month, you get access to another podcast called Uh, 50p Movie Club, which is uh, me and Will and soon to be someone else talking about really bad movies and doing it while we're drunk quite often. Before we go, you did something this week. I did, yeah. I recorded a episode of Game Till 5 with the lovely Game Till 5 girls, Nikki and Steph, um, talking about my favourite horror games, um, which was so much fun. That'll be out on the 28th. Make sure you download and subscribe to their feed in advance of that and maybe listen to a couple of their older episodes. They do some really good sort of top five lists from different genres and that. I've donated some of my stuff for a giveaway, which sounds really creepy. Like I've just given you like an old sock or something, but it's a bit more exciting than that. (laughs) Is it a lock of your hair? (laughs) No, because I haven't got enough to go around at the moment, so. (laughs) Is it a picture of Bim? No, although that maybe should be in there. Yeah, I agree. I think actually it should be. Yeah. And on that note, we shall see you next week. Uh, Yep. (laughs) (laughs) And bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.